Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast on the mic. Today we actually have a super special guest, Joshua McKinney. Um, For you guys who don't know Josh, he is actually one of the originals, one of the OGs, um, been with Serviceside since day one. Uh, His brother is Jimmy, the founder. Um, But more than that, he extensive background in archery so with it being archery season we wanted to get him on the mic talk a little bit about when he was in college um, with an archery team getting an archery program started up and also talk a little bit about um, you know some pretty popular archery target I'm sorry archery targets uh, some pretty popular um, uh, archery topics um, such as today we're gonna obviously there'll be no shortage of rabbit holes but um, we wanted to kind of touch on the difference between hunting game and target uh, you know shooting targets um, but what's going on Josh how you doing man I'm doing good uh, man I'm doing good you right you guys are kicking off season soon right uh actually Kentucky already opened Ohio opens here in two weeks uh, I've been hunting twice in Kentucky just been seeing a couple doe but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give me that velvet buck that everybody wants to shoot but i haven't seen him yet <laughs> have you seen him on camera at least or i got a nice uh we got a real nice 10 point on camera um but uh, I, I think he's a little bit older of a deer so he's he's pretty narrow but his points come together all the way in the front and he's, he's a nice buck so Nice. Well, you know how it is, man. You'll have, you won't see them on camera. It, it, it's like bittersweet with a camera. It's like, I like, no, especially if you hunt out of state, it's nice having a cell camera so you don't have to drive hours to, to check on things. But also it's like that he could be walking behind it and that could be his route or you never know if well, he's, he's there hiding. Oh, absolutely. You get so many times I see deer walk by and they don't even go in front of the camera. You want to have a camera near me and I'm like, well, that's why I didn't get a picture of them. <laughs> <laughs> them older ones. Often. Dude, I always think, I'm always like, they peek around the corner and they're like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but awesome, man. Well, Josh, I wanted to do this podcast. I've been thinking of it for a while. Things have been really busy, but um, I know how much knowledge you have with archery just because it's been a part of your life for so long. Um, you know, even to the point of, that was something that you spent a lot of time on in college. So I just wanted to kind of hear the story, um, let our listeners hear the story of how you kind of started or was with that original group in college on archery. Like kind of how did that go about? Um, You know, if you don't mind, kind of just give us the like background story on that for those who don't know. Um, The reason that I actually bring that up is because my brother went to the same college as you did um, at Liberty in Virginia and um, he had actually heard of you. Um, And when he, you know, he found out I was working for Service Side and he was like, hey, um, do you know McKinney? And I'm like, yeah, actually I do. I, I fished with him a few years back and he's like, really? He's like, oh, you know, there's talks of, you know, he was part of an archery program in college. So, um, we'd love to hear that story, man. Yeah. So basically, uh, they want, there's a kid out of Virginia. His name was Ben. I can't think his last name. Uh, but he, he actually, said hey i want to see what interest we have in our school and this was my freshman year in college and uh, so he he got a professor together uh, actually it was in the religion department and uh, who liked to hunt and he's like well hey let's see let's just make 
open to the whole school who wants to who's interested in archery and of course i was and uh, so the very first meeting i was there and the guy's kind of like well i'm gonna try to run this thing but i don't really don't have the time to do it so but uh, we're just seeing who's interested and we got some some land where we can hunt and so forth and uh so basically uh i was put in charge of all the hunting on uh, liberty's property so basically i had to make sure everybody knew what they were doing and was going to wear a safety harness and knew how to shoot a bow and and uh just the safety side of of hunting over there at liberty because uh, they had i'm thinking it was like a thousand acres or something like that that students were allowed to hunt so any student who was allowed to hunt actually had to go through me um and i had to really give them permission on where they could hunt and how they could hunt and show them the properties and then from there, uh, a couple of us um, just said, hey, what about, you know, shooting competition and shooting shooting with the school for competition? So we actually went to the very first shoot. We, we did a couple shoots in Louisville, Kentucky. They had the NFA indoors. So we went to that a couple times. And then we did a 3D shoot out of Ohio. Um, and that was... I'm not sure exactly where in Ohio, but anyways, it was the very first college 3D archery shoot is what we, we did. So we had teams come from all over the country um, to shoot 3D targets and so forth. But Man, uh, that is awesome. At, at that point, basically, I, was, I, I wasn't the president. We didn't have a president or so forth, but I'd say I was pretty – I was pretty much up there on in charge of the archery program at that point, but um, just because the main guy, he, he didn't have much time doing it and so forth because he was a theology major and really had to get into that stuff. So, but uh, that's about it, I guess. That makes so, college. Did, did you ever foresee something like that happening going into college right, right out of high school? Oh, heck no. <laughs> heck no. Uh, we were actually really blessed. Um, and, and this is actually why I think why we have a good relationship with true ball um, and Excel targets is, or Excel sites. I mean, uh, is because we actually at our school at Liberty, um, they were about a half hour North and they actually opened up their range to us. So we were given keys and we could go into true balls um, private range. And that's where we practice. So awesome. they, they, uh, they were they're about the nicest people in the world up there um they're good people and, and what i like about them is i mean they're they're about as straightforward and honest and and they're just good people you know what i mean so but uh that's why you'll see that's that's all i shoot anymore just because of that <laughs> that how good they treated us but no nah, i mean that that goes a long way man I, I talk to many people that say hey you know the fact of how awesome these people are customer service you know products etc I'll always yeah. be with them, and they don't even—they don't even look at anyone else. Yeah, uh, they're—they're pretty awesome people. I mean, I know the—I know the owners up there, and and all them people by name and so forth. They know me by name, and uh, but they're just good people. So that's and, awesome, uh, man. But um, anyway, yeah, we shot. I think it was. Uh, so we went up there to Ohio. And there was, I guess, I'm going to, I mean, Michigan State was there. Texas Longhorns were there. Uh, Penn Tech was there, which is Penn State shooting team. Um, 
there was probably there was a team from Wisconsin. Uh, I think there were maybe 10, 10 different schools or so that actually showed up to the event. And uh, so me and a, a buddy, uh, we, we, we always practice. And it was funny because we'd walk around campus with rangefinders. And we'd be like, all right, how far, that, how far is that tree? And he'd be like, uh, I think it's 38. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, that's totally 37. And we'd be arguing about if it's 38 or 37. And we'd range it, and it'd be like 37 and a half. Like, <laughs> I mean, we just got – we literally would walk around campus. We would do it indoors, outdoors. I'd see him. I'd be like, dude, how far do you think that post is over there that's holding up the – you know, or how, how far is the cafe from us, you know? And we just walk around and do that all the time. And we got so good at it that we could see – literally, we were within a yard every single time of knowing your distance, and which is, is huge in the archery field, man. Oh, um, for sure. Uh, actually, yeah, because most, most shoots are unknown ranges. They actually – I think the ASA last week um, or this week even is now doing a couple of known – known shoots and so forth but most is unknown but when you're hunting it's all unknown it is yep they're getting you ready i I like that because that's getting you ready for real life which is a huge topic of the you know that we're going to be touching on yeah so but that's that's how we got so so good at it and uh he actually he took first place in the the open class i took first in the hunting class and one of the girls we were with took first in the uh female hunting class so we took out of the six first places, um, we took home three of them. So it was a pretty successful, pretty successful trip. But yeah, we were for shooting, sure. We were shooting four or five times a week. We'd go up there, we'd carpool up and all shoot. And, um, but we didn't want to compete against each other because I knew how good he was, <laughs> uh, my buddy. And, uh, but we did, like I said, we did pretty good in that tournament. But, uh, and that's a lot of archery, half of archery is knowing how far it is, you know, but yeah. And you know what, man, that's a, that's a good, I mean, that's personally how I do things is like, I want the people that I'm around. Normally the people that I'm around are, if they're not neck and neck with me, they're better than me. Um, at, at whatever skill or, you know, specific topic or whatever that they're doing, because that's what pushes you and that's what I think keeps you on edge. If if you're top dog in your circle all the time, you either you're. You, I don't think you'll grow as much personally. I mean, maybe everyone's different. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know there's always a one percent. But um, you know, I, I definitely think that maybe too that I could have helped. I mean, you guys walking around doing. That, I mean, that's that's practice like anything else. If you're out doing those type of things, it's going to help you in the field tremendously too. Instead of just being uh out in your front yard shooting it from the deck at a at a block target the same spot every day you know yeah you're gonna be really good at that shot i bet um but what if you don't get that shot ever (laughs) yeah and and you never do (laughs) yeah it's 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 rare that you get i tell you what when i get a textbook shot it's usually because i have a rifle in my hand (laughs) I've, i've killed the last two deer i killed uh i got I hunted archery season, never got that shot opportunity, and both of them, uh, I shot one with the the con or one with a, a shotgun, slug gun, and one with a crossbow, because I didn't have my bow with me that day, and I was like, it was like kind of a last second hunt. I'm like, all right, I'll go out there, 
And both of them, I could have, it would have been chip shots with my, with my bell. <laughs> like, what the crap? Dude, that, that always happens, man. It, it happens. We, we got, I mean, you went to, you went to, uh, you went to your, um, your, uh, I don't know what it's called. I guess your chiropractic school down here in Florida, right? Yeah, so, we were in Daytona Beach. So you there. already know, like with these WMAs, you usually get two or three days. And I tell you what, man, usually when I'm like walking out, that's when you see that perfect shot. You're like, man. I, I actually blew a shot down there in Florida um, on a deer. I shot a – and it was 100%. I didn't know the range. I, I did not know. I forgot my range finder. I looked, at, I looked at it, and I'm like, all right, well, that's probably about 35 yards to where this – this little logging rig was i thought that's how far it was well those deer down there are so freaking small that i looked at the deer i'm like yeah that's probably about 35 yards it's actually a seven point on uh which public land florida seven points good deer you know oh yeah for sure and I, i shot and i actually had the whole thing on film and i just scraped the top of it i I gave it a haircut and i'm like what the heck did i do because i was practicing there's a a, um, I was practicing all the time down there in Florida. There's a, a range in Daytona that they had, and uh, I became a member. And we were, I was shooting all the time, and I shot. And I'm like, I should have smoked that deer. What the heck? And here it was. I finally got my range finder there another day, and it was only 25 yards. Well, 10 yards is I was a miss. You know what I mean? So it, it completely, completely missed deer. And um, like I said, I gave it a haircut. Um, I'm, but um, yeah, deer. That that was the only chance I ever had at a deer down there in Florida, and because I just didn't know my range, which is the number one thing I pride myself. <laughs> Dude, you know what? You know? Sometimes that's how it happens, man. I I considered myself a, a somewhat. You know, I grew up in the mountains, and we you know we didn't go partying on the weekends. We went and had camping, hunting, and fishing trips. And uh, you know, growing up, we we did a lot of hunting on public land and national forests. And I always considered myself a pretty skilled, you know, woodsman and hunter. When I moved to Florida, man, I took that same confidence with me, and it took me two years before I took a deer down here uh, on public land. And it took me three years before I ended up getting one with a bow. Um, I've been here over ten years now, but I tell you what, man, I was like sometimes you get humbled quick especially when it's your like expertise you know oh i got humbled real quick on that one i'm like <laughs> well i will never uh, i always hunt with a range finder and so forth i'm like in the future if i don't know i need to just step it off you know yeah. like I, you, you gotta know you know i ended up recently buying another range finder we got a partner uh one of our new partners they had a pretty good deal on one i was curious to try um, different type of glass and I actually um, bought that one it wasn't too much money and um, I put I keep it in my truck now for a backup and then I have one in my bow case so I'm like you know I've, I've been there where I, I didn't take the shot but I probably didn't even really have a good shot anyways but you know we always think we would have if we did have the you know range finder I, I still remember when I was my very first deer I ever killed and this is actually how I got into archery um I rifle hunted Pennsylvania up, up northern woods my whole, you know, I grew up. You could only hunt when you were 12 season, and we would go out the first three days, and it'd be snowing and below zero, like super cold, and I'd sat there for three days in a tree stand and not even see a deer, you know. And uh, 
uh, my dad would be sitting next to me and we didn't see a deer. So I'm like, man, I gotta, I, I, I always grew up where hunting was it. Like I was so anxious to get out there and finally I do, I don't even see a deer. Like this is terrible. So I bought a bow and it was a, it was actually a PSC piece. It was a, just a, a bow that my dad got from a buddy of his that his son used. And I started shooting it and I took all my savings and I bought a, a Pearson bulldog, this old bow. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to hunt. I got permission from my, uh, or my parents' neighbors there. And I hunted above their house and the, the very, well, the first day of the season, I tried to go out there. I didn't know my yardages and I shot over a doe. I'm like, holy cow, I got a chance to shoot it out of deer. Like, this is awesome. And I completely, I completely missed. And I'm like, well, I just didn't know. Cause I've been practicing. I could shoot a bottle cap off. I was practicing so much, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, I need to know my yardages. So I literally, I didn't have a range finder because I just started and I was, I don't know, 14. So I didn't have any money, didn't have a job. So I took some ribbon from my mom. I walked up to the tree and I literally walked off every tree around me and marked them with tape or marked them with this ribbon of 20 yards, 30 yards and so forth. And the very next day I was on a, you couldn't hunt Sundays. And I went out on a Monday and right after school, and uh, this deer, a uh, six point, came by at 25 yards. I knew the exact yardage and I just smoked it, absolutely smoked it. And from that point on, I'm like, <laughs> archery's for me. <laughs> Dude, when you take, so, when you take that first archery buck, you know, we always hear that huge, you know, I never get into it because I don't care, man. I'll shoot a, I'll shoot a deer with a, whatever's legal man i don't i don't care if it's legal to take them with a spear i'd try to do that um you know it's all about the chase and the hunt and you know being outdoors and things like all that with me all that uh, cheesy stuff and um you know because that's my time you know that's my time to unwind but i tell you what man that first archery buck when you do it that's when you know like i either like archery or i don't there's no in between there's no maybe you either you either like oh my gosh i've been missing out like there's no other type of hunting <laughs> nothing will compare to this archery buck i mean just getting it getting that close to an animal and just being able to be so tactful and and then being successful, and especially when you take a nice, good, ethical, just great shot, it's just it's it's just a feeling that's just I mean it's it's undescribable. Oh, absolutely. That was the I, I still because I mean like I said I was so early hunting I was I was rattling I was trying to try to shoot that doe I missed the day before and I and I rattled and I see this flopping back and forth i'm like what the heck's this doe doing to a tree well no it's the buck rubbing it like that's how little i knew about hunting I'm oh like, man what's this doe doing and <laughs> comes in broadside gets 25 yards and in my brain i'm like i still remember as clear as day i still remember this hunt and it's probably the clearest hunt i have in my brain uh this doe or the buck when it goes walking by him and it just it just didn't stop like it was just gonna walk right through i'm like well why isn't it stopping you know like i thought it like it's just gonna keep walking like and then my brain i'm like i knew so little about deer it's probably what the, the little buck was probably like well where's this other deer at you know and so i i stopped it with a little you know the traditional ant and 
And uh, it's like, well, what the heck was that? And I shot, and I, I just smoked it. And uh, I still remember calling down to my brother, because we used radios at the time. I didn't have phones. And uh, called him on the radio. I tried to call my dad, and he could hear my dad. And we were just like, hey, it's it's right. Josh shot a deer, you know. So it was it, it was still one of the coolest hunts I've or the only one of the biggest hunts I can remember in my brain. Every detail, you know, I can still see the tree I was sitting in my brain, and I was, I was, I don't know, twenty years ago, you know, not yeah. that long, I guess. I mean, that's, yeah, about twenty years ago. It's crazy looking back, like how I, I mean, I remember, I remember my first bow kill. I remember my first doe, my first buck. I mean, now I've been taking so many deer. I mean, I still remember them to a point, but those those ones where you're just getting into the game, it's like. Man, I remember I remember all those details. I double lunged my first buck and was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm a freaking sharpshooter, like I'm the best hunter that ever was and then I end up taking a bad shot not long after on another animal and it wasn't a good experience. It was like a six hour track job. Ended up having to put another arrow in her. I felt awful. You know, oh, yeah. just bad gut shot and I felt just horrible. If you don't feel horrible, man, is I don't know. I, I I feel bad. I don't want to hurt something and have it. So I couldn't imagine me suffering for six hours on something, you know, with life sustaining injuries. I'm I'm with you there, man. I've I've done it before, and yeah, and 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 I've heard it said multiple times: if you ain't done it, you ain't hunted enough. You know. Uh, which it's it's a true statement, but it still sucks. You it know? it sucks, and it's it's true. But I tell you what would make the one of the only things that really make me mad, like bringing emotion into it, is when someone does it and they don't learn from it. It's gonna happen. It's it doesn't matter how much you practice. I mean, you're over here telling us how pretty much your whole college, uh, the whole time you were in college, you guys were you know ranging signs and literally. I mean, that's the most type of practice and conditioning you get, and you still missed a deer. You know not shortly after that and that's where i tell people it's like it doesn't matter how good you are or how much you practice like eventually something's gonna happen. i mean gosh it can just just stretch up a little bit and you can take a yeah. bad shot i mean there's so many flinch anything turned and face to you uh, i knew somebody that the deer actually in a split second turned and put its head i guess it was trying to like lick itself or something or or scratch itself and its head moved and he ended up hitting it in the head and its head was yep. right where its shoulder you know where it turned its head like and mm -hmm. he felt horrible and he ended up being able to to you know get it expired quick and things like that but it could have been a bad situation because i've seen plenty of deer uh especially you know the way social media is with an arrow in their face and i just it's still alive i just couldn't imagine that oh yeah man it's and that's and that's the thing about hunting versus you know target shooting. And that's one thing that, and I like to, I've said it so many times, you know, where it's completely different. You know, you shoot a stationary target, like your goal is different. Like your goal in a stationary target ASA shoot or um, even a whatever is you're looking for, you're looking for where the dot is on the target on the phone. Try to use your binoculars to find it. And then figure out with, I don't know, there's a little shade spot right there. So it's about four inches right of that shade spot. And and then you're you're shooting for that one spot. Like, that's 3D shooting. When you're out there in the woods, man, there's you've got a live animal. You've got a completely different aspect. You know what I mean? 
Um, it's just a you got a deer that can move. I, I still remember we had we had a day where it was me, Jimmy, and I think it was Stefan. We were sitting in a tree stand. Either Stefan or my buddy Matt, one one of the two. We were sitting in a tree stand. All three of us in the same tree in three different, I think it was three different climbers. We all three climbed up the same tree. And I was going to shoot a buck. Like I said, I think it was Stefan. He was going to shoot a doe, and Jimmy was filming it. And so uh, we were on a small piece of private property. And, uh, I mean, you can imagine three of us sitting in a freaking tree stand. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see that, man. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, we thought it was just hysterical. You guys but aren't like, all right. short little guys either. You guys are all, you know, pretty decent tall. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty obnoxious. But we were up in actually Hershey, um, hunting right around these, uh, big houses because they, these doe would come in and they just eat all the bushes and stuff. Uh, these people and they're like kill every deer you see and i'm like well we'll at least be ethical about it and i ain't gonna shoot a baby right and uh but anyway a doe comes in and it was 20 yards and of course it was on camera and i think it was like i said i think it was Stefan shot and if that deer didn't move it would have been a 10 ringer i mean it would have been a complete bullseye and but the way that deer ducked it was a pure mess complete not not an ounce of blood pure mist the way it ducked and it was only like i said only 20 yards away you know but the deer had spotted us and of course three of us in a tree stand of course it's gonna see us oh yeah it was know. probably like are they serious right now <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the world never and, seen uh, that so, before yeah so this deer completely just dropped out of the way you know so and and part of hunting and, and being a chiropractor, knowing the anatomy of the spine and the anatomy of the animal, uh, it makes you don't realize how far down that spine is for for shots. You don't realize a lot of times how how low you actually have to shoot on deer. You know, um, we were we were out in Illinois when I was uh, in high school. I think I was a junior or senior. It was actually me, Stefan. Uh, my brother Jimmy and my dad were out hunting farm, and uh, my dad had a lease out there. And uh, it was right before Christmas. It was so cold, like this, I couldn't even get a beard, and I had snow on my beard. You know, like it was just that cold of a of days. And this buck came in, following this doe. They actually two of them were fighting. It was the coolest thing. I, the only time I've ever just seen deer just thrashing each other. And they come up, and the 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 doe that they were chasing, I like to call it like the second rut. It's just a young, a young doe. And she comes up a ranger at 40 yards and, uh, these deer came up and the, the buck who had pushed the other deer off came run, comes up, sees me in the tree and about turns away and runs. And then, uh, no, nah, I just fought for this doe. I'm going to go get it. Turns, comes up the same trail, knowing I'm there. I stopped. And when I went to shoot, uh, I actually, I should have missed. I sh- the way I shot the 40 yard, my 40 yard pin was below the deer. And it was right on the base of it. If it didn't move, I would have completely missed. Well, it ended up ducking right into the shot. And I ended up basically, I mean, 10 ringing it, double long, just perfect shot. And the deer went off, went about 100 yards and just fell over. Um, but because, 
and, and to be honest with you, personally, I like the deer to know I'm there. I, I want it to be on alert so I know it's going to duck. I know what it's going to do and aim on that bottom third of that deer and let it duck right into that arrow, you know. Um, to be honest, that's the furthest I will ever shoot at a deer. That was, uh, I look back and I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't even shot at that thing, at, at that thing. But it's just one of those things you learn, I guess, as you go. But You know, and that kind of segue, segue us in here to to kind of like, you know, a good topic that I wanted to go down we had talked about before we started on this is, you know, let's talk a little bit about like that and I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but we'll go more into depth of, you know, the difference between actually target target practicing and um, actually hunting. What would you say is like, I guess let's start with them um, and then we can go down some rabbit holes. What would you say is like more of a, a maybe not misconception, but like maybe something that people that are getting into archery associate, like where they mess up by associating them to be the same? Like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Sorry, I, I, my wording was off. Um, so let me let me let me reword it this way. So, what would you say the the huge difference between shooting targets, you know, while you're archery uh, shooting? What would you say the the huge yeah. difference is between shooting targets and then big game ammo's? Obviously, they're moving things like that. But what would you say a lot of beginners do? Um, where they try to associate them to be the same and it's not like what would you say like something that they can either either improve on I guess would be the better the better way to say it or something that they can to help them learn because we do have a lot of people getting into archery and I think starting out small with like something they may have seen or thinking like hey I can just go out and shoot a target Um, uh, the biggest thing I'm 99% sure I got your question right the biggest thing I see is they think the kill zone's, you know, seven inches. So if I'm inside a seven-inch circle, I'm good, you know. Um, you shoot at a target and, the, you know, all right, well, I hit the back of the lungs. All right, well, I hit the heart up front. All right, well, I hit the top of the lungs. All right, well, I hit the bottom of the lungs. I'm good. I'm hitting the lungs every time. Well, you take in the fact that at 20 yards, a deer can move 10 inches, well, or seven inches or whatever, you're your kill zone is much smaller your shot to make an ethical shot is much smaller than a target right so i think one of the biggest things people mistake on is they they think they they forget how dynamic a deer can move you know it's going to drop it's going to go forward it's going to twist it's going to spin and if you're if you're only shooting if you're barely hitting the kill zone on on a on a target it's not good enough you know what i mean um and one of the best ways to practice that is shoot further than you know then you're going to hunt in the field like practice 50 yards 60 yards practice shooting those distances so when you get to 20 yards you're like all right well do i want to hit the left side of the heart or the right side of the heart <laughs> you know um just the whole dynamics of of a deer is completely different. You don't know, and the further out you are, the smaller you got to be able to hit because the deer can move so much more. You know, um, and and we don't know what the deer's going to do. You you shoot a deer at 30, 40 yards, you really don't fully know what it's going to do. However, I still think you have a 
90% chance of knowing. You know what I mean? Um, you still would know a good amount, but when you're target shooting, you're shooting, say, mid-body. You know, you're practicing, all right, I'm dead center in the middle of that body. Uh, when you get out there to a field, you're going to be shooting for the lower third of the body. So, and this is where, honestly, anatomy comes in. So, uh, a, a deer spine, because... People think, and this is a huge misconception, and I will argue this till the day I die, there is no, there is no uh, dead zone above the lungs. People say, oh, I hit, it, I hit it in that zone below the spine above the lungs. There's no such thing. It does not exist. Um, the, the spine comes down so far that you're actually above that spine because anatomy-wise, the spine comes down, the ribs, which attach to the spine, right? They attach to what's called the transverse processes of the spine, and underneath that is your lung field. Absolutely zero space between the spine and the lung. Have some fatty tissue in there. I, I guess you could have maybe a quarter of an inch into there or something like that, but your broadhead's going to going to be wide enough. You know what I mean? Um, there's no space in there. So when you're shooting uh, the top, say, seven inches, I mean, what do you think a deer is? Two feet, you think? Maybe in, in heights, body heights? Yeah, yeah. So when it's like when it's just like walking around, yeah, two to three feet. Yeah, so, I mean, your deer is completely, completely spine, right? So then you get to, you're in a tree stand. Well, now it becomes, if you're sitting 30 feet high in the tree stand, which I never recommend, but if you're sitting 30 feet high in the tree stand, well, now that spine and so forth is covering up half of the deer. You know what I mean? So you got to be low on that deer. And a lot of people, they think they shoot low. You might think you shot low, but then you walk up to the deer and you're like, oh, no, that was a really good shot. <laughs> you know? Um but what happens is people shoot high way too often because they don't they don't understand that anatomy of that deer. Um, but when you're target shooting, yeah, you're smoking the center of that target. That's perfect. That's wonderful. But when you're out there shooting at an actual wild animal, specifically whitetail, my understanding is elk and stuff don't drop as much. Um, but specifically whitetail, they'll come. They'll just drop. You know, when yeah. when they hear that arrow. You know, that's um, that's. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that's that that answered my question well. Sorry, I didn't word it right. I was I was actually looking at <laughs> trying to look at something and write this down at the same time. Um, but uh, my brain got a little scattered there. But no, that was that was a perfect answer, man. I'll let you keep continuing with that. But that was that was exactly what I was asking. I just you know we we see so many people. Um, you know, especially getting into archery, we just want to make sure we give people as much knowledge as we can to help them because we've more than likely someone's already went through it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wins, you know, the animal wins, the person wins, you know, being able to take a, a good legal ethical shot, um, and drop that animal and knowing that anatomy is huge. And I think that a lot of people do, um, you know, I think a lot of people get wrapped up into, or at least the way I word it is, I see it a lot, especially on social media and so where people get wrapped up into things that don't matter and they forget the things that do matter. Like, 
it yep. you have to do you have to do more than shoot at a stationary target um you know i know growing up we used to uh, my uncle had this real big deck and it was like right near a hill and when we would practice, we would always practice on the deck. And I'm like, hey, why can't we get on the ground? Because that's always what I see on TV or that's what I see in a magazine. Um, you know, at that time, that's what we had was, mag- you know, we didn't have social media. Um, so we would, uh, gosh, I feel old, man, especially when you were talking about not having a cell phone in the woods. I'm like, yeah, we had walkie-talkies too. Um, but, you know, we had meeting places, so you had to watch. Um, but. We, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up into things that don't matter and they forget the things like, hey, you can shoot off the ground all day. And you know what? That's great if you're spot and stalking. If you're a spot and stalk hunter, on the ground is your best bet. There's no need to be in a, in a high, higher elevation to shoot. But you have to shoot in the exact type of situation that you're going to be in. If you're going to be in a tree stand, you should be practicing in a tree stand or you know, from a ladder or higher elevation or whatever safe, you know, saddle or whatever you got to do. Um, but in anyone, I mean, you can go to your park, man, and, and freaking, you know, no, dude, you nailed it. I mean, practicing the situation, practicing where, uh, where you'd be shooting on the animal, practicing how you're shooting out of the tree stand. My wife this year, we got her, uh, we got her a bow to practice shooting and, and go out hunting and the, the reason she's not hunting with me right now is because she doesn't feel comfortable in a tree stand standing. You know, she's, she feels comfortable sitting with the crossbow and so forth, but up there standing in a tree stand, that's a whole new, that's a whole new ball game. Um, even clothes, man, even wearing, wearing clothes, can you draw, if you have such heavy clothes on, can you even draw with those clothes on, you know? Um, can you can you pull bow back with that with those giant boots? Can you you know so cold out? Can you move with that? Or um, I actually you know in in the hunting field, uh, I actually just added a camera to the front of my bow, one of them tacticams, and I reshot in my bow because of it because I'm like, well, I need to practice shooting with this on the front of here because yes. and the reason I got it is because I want to know where I hit the animal. Yeah, so that's. Yeah. Dude, if you don't, you know, I'm glad you went down that rabbit hole of like, I I tell anything you do in life, anything, it can be anything. If you don't prepare or practice in in the most similar, I won't say exact because nothing's exact, but if you can't get as close as you can to that, I, you know, when I'm out here practicing my bow, um, for one, I put the tree, I have a palm tree in my yard, so I usually, I take my hang on and I'll, you know, do like two, usually I use two, I'm pretty tall, so I have long legs, so normally I do two steps, um, sometimes I'll do three, but I can get to the bottom of where the vegetation is, where I want to be um, in, in the locations that I hunt in the swamp, I can usually get where I need to be with two steps, and I literally go outside real quick, Take I'm a busy guy just like everyone else, take 15 minutes, I hurry up and put the hang on up, um, I'll do, you know, sling a few arrows, uh, and be like, okay, if I have time, I'll continue, but I'm doing it in the heat, I'm doing it sweating, my hands are yep. slick, um, you know, my shirt is soaked, because I'm gonna be in that same situation in the woods, if I'm in, no, if this isn't a shot at all, from anyone with a range. If I had a range near me, I would totally be there. But it's going to be a lot different than me in a controlled climate in a range. Then, you know, because, okay, are your hands slippery in the range? Do you have sweat dripping into your eyes in the range? 
Those yeah. are the those are the situations I'm going to be in. So I try, and it's not a perfect system, man. I'm not I'm not Mr. Perfect Hunter. Do this checklist, and you're going to be successful. But I do that because I know. You know what's really annoying is when you have a bow drawn back and you're waiting on that shot and there's sweat dripping in your eyes and it's burning and you can't move, you yep. can't wipe it away. If you're not accustomed to that, you're not going to be able to handle it as well as if you if you were to practice. Now, sweat's dripping in my eyes. I'm just like squinting. I'm like, okay, it's cool, man. Just take the burn. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. And the other thing that I see and that I've, I've seen in the past is, you know, let's let's be real about this it's the first shot that matters the most when you're out there hunting you didn't just go most likely you weren't shooting your bow at four o'clock in the morning warming up to get ready for that morning hunt you know you're out there the first time you're drawing your bow is on that animal you know so your first shot is the one that actually counts you know what i mean you can't just go out there and shoot 20 times at a target and then go okay now I'm going to sit here and wait for my deer, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, man, you got, you gotta, and you know, that was, that was something when we talked earlier, I was like, that's such a good uh, topic for this podcast. We kind of switched gear. I mean, I definitely wanted to hear the story, but obviously that story wasn't going to take up a full hour. So that was a really good topic to touch on because I just feel like it's one of those things you don't like I don't see it a lot I mean I work in the industry I don't see people talk about that enough I see you need this gear you need this you need that you need this amount of land you need this size buck and I'm sitting here like well what about anatomy what about uh the difference between target shooting and big game shooting or game in general shooting um I got a little add-on for your, you know, preparing uh, a little small funny story. So I was I was out hunting. A, I was youth season, and I went with uh, one of our buddies. Uh, his actual name was Ryan Schaefer, and his dad. And me and Ryan were youth, and Tim was was his dad. And as youth, we were allowed to shoot doe, so we were allowed to take a gun to the doe. And his dad was allowed to shoot buck with his bow. So we're sitting there, and I'm actually. We're sitting there all together, and uh, this deer comes, this buck comes by. And at the time, I mean, being Pennsylvania, growing up, I mean, he was he was a monster to me. Looking back, he was, I mean, he was nice. He was nice deer. But anyway, uh, that's beside the point. So he goes, and uh, this buck comes in, comes to like twenty yards. He draws, he shoots, and he misses this deer by, I think he missed it by like ten feet. I mean, not even close. I start laughing, right? Because I'm like, how the heck did you think like, you weren't even close, dude? Like, you weren't even near the kill zone. Like, you should just do a rock out of it at that point. Right? Yeah. And he turns and he looks at me and he's like catching his breath for air. And he's like, my grunt tube got stuck in my bow when I was drawing and it was choking me out. Right? <sighs> So, because he was carrying a grunt tube on his around his neck with a lanyard, right? And he never practiced with shooting a, with a grunt tube on. And he went out and he shot, and he he choked himself out. And uh, so he and when he shot, it messed up his whole arrow and everything. And and I'm like, dude, you're lucky it didn't like choke you out or like yeah whatever to you you know usually and, too uh, those strings they have on are you know not just a, a little wimpy string they're usually like a you know a 550 cord or a 
in the yeah. older days was a pretty good, pretty solid rope. You know? Absolutely, but that's just the simple things you don't think about. You don't. But you know, practicing with so in my brain now, like because I mean, I'll wear I'll wear a lanyard with a grunt tube on it every now and then. Sometimes I keep it in my bag next to me. Sometimes I have it on. But if I have it on in my brain now, I, I remember every time when I grunting, it goes inside my shirt. <laughs> You know, but it's just things like that. If you're not prepared, the more you're prepared, the better off you're going to be out there. You know, no, one hundred percent, man. We put a we put a video up last year, and a lot. I actually had a lot of people ask me, like, why'd you put that video up? Like, that's not a uh, crazy cinematic hunting. What it was was it was a it was a newer hunter. Uh, not, not not a newer hunter. Let me take that back. It was a newer recurve bow hunter. He just got in a recurve bow or traditional bow hunting, and he was hunting from a blind. Well, he practiced and you know went to the range. You know, shot his recurve, did all that stuff. You know, did did what he what a normal person would do to prepare, um, and was ready for season. Well, he missed a doe. That was literally so close to the blind, it looked like she was like almost scratching herself uh, up against the side of it. And I mean, so close, you could literally, the video was awesome. She almost, I'm surprised she didn't just look in the blind, um, but <laughs> she was that close and he missed. Well, what he did was we started talking. He sent me that video. I'm like, dude, you know what would be awesome? I'm like, if you did a part two, we added it on to this. It was a real short four minute video of him missing a deer, all that. I'm like, and you tell everyone exactly what you did to prepare for this and where you went wrong so he did come to find out all it was was the grass and he was in the blind the grass had hit the bottom of the bow because the grass was tall and then the top of the bow when he let go hit the blind and i guess for some reason it it you know deterred the arrow a little bit it wasn't able to take a good shot i mean he's missing a deer at five to ten yards i mean he's literally yeah. just shooting out the blind window literally a chip shot you would think but it was the simple thing of the grass was too tall and it didn't clear out the bottom of the blind so he did that great video especially because who thinks of that who thinks of hey now you do, especially when you get older and you start evolving as a bow hunter but you have to get to my point, to the if I'm going to hunt out of a blind, I'm going to go into a section of my yard or at my girlfriend's father's field, and I'm going to be like, okay, I'm probably going to be hunting on grass like this. We have vegetation year-round here, so there will yep. be vegetation, and I'm going to practice shooting out of it on one of the spots where I have to – I can't get in there with a stand. I have to get in there either on the ground or in a blind. Um, but you have, to, you have to do that to be um, – I would say you have to do that, I think, to just be more prepared for any situation that comes. Absolutely. And and you see, the more you practice, I mean, what's it hurting? It's just all it's doing is creating confidence in yourself, you know? Yeah. The, the more confidence you have in yourself, the better you're going to be out there, you know? And, and um, I'll, I'll give you another little, little topic thing here, uh, another little rabbit hole there. Um, but even myself, man. So when I, when I shot, I shot at Liberty. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you when I shot at Liberty and I'm not trying to be high on myself here, but good luck beating me. I mean, I had friends try to, who shot forever and like, all right, well, I'm going to beat you. They couldn't beat me. I was just that freaking good. Uh, but over the last couple of years, man, I've been, I've been kind of slacking on my shooting. I'm not shooting all summer and so forth. 
and uh, I didn't I didn't put I, I just wasn't practicing enough you know so I went out and uh, actually I bought myself a new bow last year and I've been practicing and I went back to shooting a, a hand release and so forth and um, just because I wanted to get more in, into it but I'd find myself just because I wasn't practicing I'd shoot left and right and so forth but come middle of the well season opens up Kentucky already opened so I'm already hunting Kentucky I've hunted two days this year already and um, I'm going to be hunting probably tonight even um, but anyway uh, you go out and you, you, you just wait and all right, well, a month goes by. Well, I haven't shot my bow in a month. Two months goes by. Well, I haven't shot my bow in two months because I've never shot at anything. Well, last year, so, you know, and the more you shoot, the more comfortable the more comfortable you are, the, more, the less you think about the bow, the less anxiety you get when a deer comes, the less everything because you're just so comfortable with shooting your bow. So I've been hunting a specific deer. Not many people know this story. But uh, he's, he's a really goofy guy. He's at least a five-year-old. Um, he has a tree trunk coming out one side, and uh, it has like three or four points. And his other side is a perfect five, and it goes way outside the ears. This deer it is – pictures don't do him justice. When you see him in person, you look at him and go, oh, my God, he's huge, right? It's just one of those deer that he's huge. I passed him when he was three. Um, he actually screwed up my hunts twice when he was four. Uh, and then last year he was five. Well, I looked at some of his photos. I'm like, I don't know how big he is. And, uh, my wife seen him in person one day and she's like, Oh my God, he's a giant. Like he's just massive. Like it's that cool, gnarly, massive buck. And, um, so, and, and I'm not a big corn hunter, but we put out some corn and this deer came over this corn. So I had a, I should have had a chip shot and this deer comes in and, uh, I hunted all day. It was, it was, uh, he was coming in around noon. Well, I get there at noon. Well, it ended up raining all day. So he ended up coming in around five o'clock, which is about an hour before dark. And, um, instead of walking towards me, this deer comes like running just right around me. And this deer's honestly, is the smartest deer I've ever hunted. Uh, he will, if you're, he, he plays the wind every single time he does. He's just a smart deer. And I had to play all my cards right to get this deer. And the wind was perfect this day. And I had everything set up. I snuck in with the blind, hit into a, a cedar tree where it was just a perfect opening to the, the corn. And that was it. Like everything was perfect. I mean, and this deer came in textbook. Like it's almost like you let it guard down this day. And uh, so anyway, he comes in and, comes up gets behind this giant tree where he can't see me i draw the bow he takes two steps out i'm so focused so nervous so shaking because i've been hunting this deer for a couple years and i shoot and i hear this big old whack and i'm like and he runs about 80 yards and stops and looks around i'm like what the heck just happened dude there was a two inch tree between me and that deer that i was so focused and I was so like, my head wasn't there that I smoked this tree. I split this son of a gun in half. And of course, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I've been hunting this deer all year. Finally get that one opportunity at him. 
and I freaking smoke a tree in half. But it, to be honest with you, it brings me back to I wasn't prepared. I, I didn't shoot my bow enough during the season, right? I hadn't shot my bow in months. So when I drew the bow, I mean, I'm half shaking. I'm, I'm like, honest to God, and this is the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, I had to remind myself to look through my peep site. Like, I'm like, why, why am I even thinking about it? It just wasn't, know? it wasn't that muscle memory that you had, you no, know, done in college absolutely. in your early twenties. And from lack of shooting, me lack yeah. of not practicing is why I didn't in practicing during the season. That's the rabbit trail I'm telling you about. Like you need to practice during the season too. Like you can't just pick your bow up three months into the season and expect to shoot a deer on the first shot. Oh yeah, you know? for sure, man. And you know what? And I that's think what I started doing. I think that's what happens too to a lot of people is like, you know, when you when you it's always easier to look back and say, oh, I would have done this, I would have done that. And I will always say that whenever I do something that makes me unsuccessful or whenever I'm not successful, it always 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 comes back to i think if i would have practiced more in this situation i would have got them like more of a muscle memory instead of an awkward i mean i was in ohio last year and i had a couple opportunities at some deer but that wasn't the deer that i wanted and when i finally almost got an opportunity at the deer i wanted i didn't have a good shot that presented itself well and i wasn't comfortable with taking that shot but maybe if I would have practiced more in that type of situation, I would have been more confident when it took it. And I'm the kind of person, man, if I don't have the shot, I don't take it. Like the deer is just going to live to see another, you know, fight another day. Um, there's plenty of, plenty of deer out there by contrary belief. Uh, I never have any issue seeing deer. Uh, it's just a matter of um, just because you don't see them, man, it don't mean they ain't there. <laughs> you know, it's, yep. I, I think well, less people hunt now and less people are dependent on food uh field to table now than what we ever have been in the history of of mankind i mean i'll go as far as saying it. i mean you'll never the way that mankind is right now the way civilization is for for when i hear that argument of well there ain't no deer or there ain't no deer here there's too much pressure i'm like let's go back to 1950 where if you didn't kill a deer you weren't eating you know let's go back (laughs) to you know you're in the country you know, you're only making a, a, you know, I've heard so many stories of my grandma, you know, my first job was 85 cents an hour and, you know, we lived on $200 a month and, you know, I'm looking back like, gosh, I probably waste that money, you know, like, and you yep. look back and we've never been a more of a time that's not been dependent. So in my opinion, I think there are more deer. I just think it's, it's a way of, well, you know they they're smart you don't it's a survivor it has it has natural predators it's it's not just us that's after it it's other things too so absolutely absolutely man but so do you yeah, think you're going to get another is he still alive uh yes we got pictures of well i have i have zero pictures of him this year yet but usually he shows up in the next month or so he oh, shows gotcha. up around october um, we have two or three good deer that usually show when they, when the velvet drops and they start splitting up from their buck groups. Um, we have a couple deer that usually show up the past couple years. And, uh, but he was one of probably two or three that I was hunting after. And, uh, I, well, I lied one of two. 
him and there's another a real big nine point that I've been chasing. Um, he was five last year, so he'll be six this year. Um, so they're both going to be six this year. But these two deer, I've been, I passed, I passed both of them two years ago, and uh, one of them disappeared last or two. I'm sorry, I passed both of them three years ago. One of them disappeared last year and came or two years ago and came back last year. The other one's always been there. Um, but uh, I haven't. We have zero pictures of them this year. Um, I'm hoping that gnarly side turns into something even gnarlier. I mean, it was pretty gnarly last year. Do, really do, what cool. do you think that is? Like a birth defect, or you just think that's the way it grows? I, I think it's. I think it's more of a. I mean, he's just. It's been that way every year. So hmm. I think it's more from the birthing process, or it's just genetics, or so forth. It's crazy, um, man. We Gabe killed a he, killed a buck in Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota on public land, and it had the most beautiful one side. I mean, if the if the other side matched, you'd be like, oh my gosh. And then the other side was just junk, but it was cool. I think he called it Triton or something, but it was so okay. cool. It was literally it looked like a like almost like a cypress, like a. What do they call them? Like paddle, um, paddle type. I mean, just gnarly, yeah. man. Looks like looks like you're in the swamp, and it's a bunch of cypress knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's just he's just different. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and, and I'm I'm more about the age of deer. I like to shoot mature deer if I can. You know, um, and I've screwed up. I've shot younger deer before and so forth. And to me, I'm more of a shoot whatever you want. Just be happy with it. You know. Yeah, for um, sure. Be happy man. if you're if you're gonna release that arrow or you're gonna pull that trigger. Be happy with your deer. Don't make excuses. Just be like, hey, I shot this deer and we're gonna eat it. You know. Be well, happy. I mean, um, you you being a founder of Service Side, I mean that's what that's what everything of Service Side was based on, and that's something that well, even though it's been eleven years, like even today, it's still it still rings true. Like you. You do what what makes you happy, and yes, dude. I we could go into science, and you should do this, and this is what's better for them. You know, we can do that all day. But at the end of the day, like for one, you shouldn't bash another hunter because if you really, really, really want to bash someone, and you really want to go after quote unquote the man, then that's where you need to take legislative action, not yeah, not beat down your fellow man because they're doing something legally because they 100%. I mean, I hunt mature bucks in Florida, but when I go to other states and, and a lot of people I've gotten I've gotten flack for this. I've had a lot of people tell me, "Well, well, you can't be both." And I'm like, "Well, technically I can do whatever I want, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there um, as yep. long as I'm legal and ethical." And I'm a, I consider myself a very, you know, we've talked before. I don't I don't take a shot if I even have one sliver of doubt. And a lot of people are like, well, then you missed the opportunity. Well, I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care, man. I, I, I'll find another – I hunt enough. I'll find another deer eventually. Um, but I hunt mature deer down here. But when I go to other places, I take what makes me happy. Um, now, Absolutely. I'm not out there going to go to another someone's state. And, you know, I went to Ohio, was hunting on Tucker's property, and he has a lot of smaller bucks. I wasn't going to go up there. And I told him, like, I'm not going to deprimate your population of your, your spikes and stuff. I was like, but, you know, do you care, you know, what would you like me to shoot? And he's like, dude, you shoot whatever you want. And I'm like, really? He's like, yup. He's like, it's, it's your call, man. He's like, I'd really like you to not shoot the spikes. But anything else, you're good to go. Um, or, you know, the smaller forkies and things. He's like, anything else, you're good to go. The little basket racks and stuff. Um, I was after a specific deer, but I wanted to do what made me happy. And obviously what he wanted because it's his property. Uh, but, yeah. you know, you have to do what makes you happy because at the end of the day, man, 
you, you can do every single thing that people want you to do. You're still not going to make. There's always going to be one person. Even I hear it all the time. As much as we do for people, I still hear, you know, well, you should have did it this way or you should have did that or you should do this. And I'm like, all right, you know, I, I always take everything <laughs> with uh, I like to hear everyone's opinion. Now, will I do it? No, most likely not. But I do like to hear everyone's perspective because everyone does has, have a voice. Um, but you you definitely have to do what makes you happy. And I love that when you guys started this, that that was your mission. And, and today, after 11 years, it's as much as Servicide's evolved and went from, you know, it used to be about content and filming and now it's more about community and culture. And, you know, we, we all know the elephant in the room of the hunting industry is not the same. Like... everyone has a phone and everyone's a Facebook hunter and everyone's a star and everyone's doing it for the gram and everyone's hashtag big bucks. And if they want to do that, man, that's cool. I'm not here to bash anyone. It doesn't, I don't lose any sleep at night because someone has 30 hashtags about hunting on their, on their photo, a beautiful buck photo. I don't, I don't, I don't lose sleep on it, but if that's what makes them happy, man, I'm for it. I'm like, hey, man, that's what makes you happy. Go for it. Just make sure you're doing it for you and not anyone else. Because yep. at the end of the day, man, no one gives a crap. They act like they do. You got to do what makes you happy, what's good for you, what's good for your your heart, your soul, your your environment you're hunting in. Um, we have a three points on one side rule here in Florida. The caveat to that is you can kill five bucks. So yep. it makes you think, but you know what, man? Yeah, we don't have, I don't have deer nearly what Kentucky and, and Ohio does. I, my big, my smallest deer I've seen in Ohio this year would have been my biggest Florida buck, you know? So <laughs> like it doesn't, yeah. I, that, but that's the environment you're after. You have to, you have to set expectations for what's in your area, um, you Absolutely. know? Because there are mature bucks. We have mature bucks. They're just not the same as a mature buck in Ohio. You know, it's different. No, absolutely. I, and, and I'm pretty blessed where we hunt. I mean, we got we got some good mature bucks in our area and so forth. And but and I passed a lot of deer. I've I've passed bucks. Uh, other than I mean, I shot a nice uh, ten point lot two years ago. I shot and scored one fifty two. And score don't matter to me. Um, but other than that, deer, I've passed bucks bigger than anything I've ever I've ever you know shot before. Because I'm like, well, that's a younger deer, and I'm like. That won't make me happy. It just won't make me happy. You, you know? know what makes you um, happy, man. And you, and, you have, and you know the first time I ever met you, that's the first conversation you were. You, we were in like a group, and I was up there fishing. I don't know if you remember, but I, um, I, you were talking about passing up a nice, really nice buck, and you were showing us pictures. And I'm like, oh my, I'm like drooling. I like, did. I've never even seen a deer that big in real life. And you had passed up a big deer, and I remember like there was like five people near us. All, all different ages, and they were all like, you're crazy, why would you do that? And they were just completely uh, not on your side is the best way I'll put it. They're like, I would t- I would have, I would have, that deer would have been done, and they were all like, and, and you're sitting there like, you know, that wouldn't have made me happy. I'll never forget that's the first time I met you, you were talking about that, and I was like, wow, I was like, I've, I've never heard that side of it before. Um, so I was like, man, that's crazy, you know, like that's, that, that you, you already knew that deer wasn't going to make you happy. Oh yeah, I watching deer, man. I see, you know, and I get that. I I had a deer last year. Um, I passed him. He's probably pushing one forty, um, but he's a three year old deer. I'm like, man, this deer's gonna be huge next year, like, you know. And I'm like, 
and I had an opportunity of him on the first weekend, and I had an opportunity on him on the very last weekend. Same spot, same area. Um, and I'm like, I find it's going to shoot you first day. I ain't going to shoot you the last, you know? <laughs> like, uh, And I just, I have two deer that I really were, we had on camera and I really were hunting after and that's what I wanted. Now, and I don't get me wrong. If I saw another one that made me happy, <laughs> I would have shot it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a, I'm only going to shoot one deer kind of person, but I'm looking for something that right now I'm looking for something bigger than my last year. I shot one, I told you 152, my base buck to date. And I want to shoot something bigger or something cooler. Or, yeah. You know, right. See unique. That's what I like. Those yeah. unique ones. Oh, that cool. That one buck I've been hunting after and I, sh- I shot out and missed. I mean, crap, man. He'd probably score 120, but he's cool as crap, you know? Like, <laughs> Dude, those uh, are the best. I'm after one right now. He's got black antlers, and I've been after him for four years. Now it's to the point where now it's it's vengeance. But, um, you know, I but I, the quota permit, they only have three quota permits there, and they're only three days apiece. So if you're lucky enough to draw, which I've been lucky enough two years in a row, but I have a camera that's out there. Um, hopefully the the FWC ain't listening. No, I'm just kidding. I, I talk to the game warden and biologists that that work out there. They don't they don't really care. They they we we know each other. But I have a camera out there and he's still alive and he has black antlers and he's not a big buck at all. Definitely not my biggest, but he has black antlers, man. Like how crazy is that? Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, I'll, I'll full body mount him and I get him. Now he's pretty mature and now he's becoming a stud. But I just have never had the been able to close the deal. I was 20 yards from him last year and he backed out on me and didn't give me a shot. So, well, he gave me a shot, but it was like a neck shot and I ain't taking that. So, especially not with a bow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Makes you happy, man. I mean, but on the flip side of that, I'm also a, if you shoot it, be happy about it. You know, don't try to make, you know, if you like shoot, if you shoot a two-year-old deer and you're happy about it, be happy about it. You know, like. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And you know what? I, you know, like, one thing I can never stand seeing it, I, I always bring it up. I literally am the kind of person I call it out. I probably shouldn't as much as I do. But when I see someone say, not my biggest, or the first three sentence, the algorithm words are, uh, it, it's not a big one, but or anything that has but or uh, an explanation, I'm like, exactly. dude, why'd you even shoot it? Like, why'd yeah. you even shoot it then? Like, you're not yeah, happy yeah. about it. I can clearly see you're not happy about it. Then why would you shoot it? And, and I mean, mistakes happen. I mean, you accidentally shoot deer. That my wife accidentally shot a buck uh, two years ago. She thought it was a buck I and ended up shooting. And uh, she walked up. She's like. Well, that ain't what I thought I shot. <laughs> it, I, I, it's it's happened. Tucker did the same thing. But, he was after a nice buck, and, and and he thought it was which one it was, and it wasn't. You know. Yeah, but that's part of hunt, man. I mean, that's part of hunt. But once you release that arrow, or you 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 pull that trigger, man, that's that's it. That's, that's, that's it. The end, you know. That's it, man. So. Yeah, she's. That's it. The, the 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 clock has stopped. Now you got to go gut it. Be happy about it. I don't know, man. I I grew up in a different type of hunting era. I mean, you might be similar being from PA in Virginia. You know, I grew up traditionally like, you know, that's what we ate. We were very poor. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. Like when you went out to hunt and you were taking a day to hunt, you know, I've been working since I was 13 years old with a worker's permit. Um, you know, I had a full-time job when I was 16 and had 
moved out of my house and was on my own. So when I was taking a full day of hunting, like you were missing a full day of work or not making yep. money and not paying bills. So you like you had to bring meat home. It had to be worth it. Um, and then you kind of evolve in your hunting experience. Some people do. Some people don't. Whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. But you, as you evolve, but nothing can ever change about if it's not making you happy. Uh, if it's oh. not, man, as much as I love to get people to buy the hunting license and it go towards conservation, if you're not happy, man, you just got to get out of it, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's just it. I mean, and I know people that they're not happy and they just don't hunt for a year or two, you know? I've, I've seen last some people year, take breaks. Oh, absolutely. Um, last year, I actually didn't, I didn't even shoot a deer last year. Oh, um, really? Just work I, and I didn't stuff? Shoot or? I didn't shoot. I didn't shoot a doe. What's that? Just working and things like that, or? No, I hunted. <laughs> oh. No, I hunted. I hunted. Uh, I I probably put. I'm. I'm gonna say thirty, plus days in a tree stand last year. Um, I mean, I I, I hunt a I hunt a good amount. I just I never saw what I wanted. Uh, and the thing is, on the flip side, I know it's there. I know they were there. You know what I mean? Um, I, I just never saw the deer I wanted. And usually I shoot a buck first and Elena shot one pretty early last year. So she shot a couple of doe for us and, uh, the doe that we needed so she could continue to hunt. And, uh, I just never saw the buck I wanted to shoot. So I don't get me wrong. I passed a lot of good deer last year. Um, yeah, my wife's looking at me saying her back's tired from shooting all the deer. But, uh, <laughs> She's carrying yeah. you, man. I didn't kill any bucks <laughs> yeah, last exactly year. Right. I, I filled the freezer with some does, but I'm, I've been after a particular buck. Um, actually, now I'm after two particular bucks. I found one that dropped his shed this spring. I, Brian was down from PA. We were turkey hunting, and uh, I've been on a buck that's pretty, pretty stuck in his bedding area. I mean, he's got food. He's got everything he needs. It's really pressured area it's really hard to get in there i mean he's real smart but um i've got two and i'm same thing i didn't i didn't take a buck last year i, I just filled the freezer um let some things walk uh some smaller some smaller bucks but when you're after a particular one you're after a particular one i mean that's that nothing would have made me happy if i, I already knew if i would have took anything i saw and it wouldn't have been that buck i would have just been like all right that's meat and, and really i've got plenty of dough for that so well it's, uh, and that's exactly how i feel i mean I'll be honest with you, I and, and like I said, I'm pretty blessed. I've probably passed, I'm going to say 10, 15 times I passed a deer over probably between 130 and 140 um, that I passed last year because I had those deer and I'm like, you know what, you're not, you're younger in my opinion, like you're just not going to make me happy. Now, I've done tracks for people that they shot, a, you know, 120 and man they were excited as can be and i'm so excited and happy for them i'm like dude that's awesome congrats nice buck you know and i truly am happy for him it's just right now i got in my brain this is the deer i want this is what i wanted to hunt after and that's what i'm going for you know there's no shame in uh, setting goals and and self um things you want to do for yourself there's no shame in that i always think that People can't no. differentiate like the 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 self pride I guess would be the word for it and the self goals. They they can't like they I feel like a lot of people get it confused with like 
like happiness in your goals like you and then also also what they see so a little bit of everything they're like well this person did this and a mature buck has to be this size and this has to happen and killing all the mature bucks and not leave you know not you know that we've got does for that and i hear all kinds of stuff and i'm like well technically if we really wanted to get technical my county is different than the next county over. The deer do not yep. act the same. You know, it's yep. this WMA Absolutely. is different than that WMA. So for all you know, okay, you're saying that. Well, what if he doesn't have a large doe population in that WMA? Yep. You know, what if what if that that county is is a, has a low de, uh, doe density but a high buck density? So you're telling me that we should shoot all the does because they're the ones that are having the babies. So that's where I never understood that argument of like leave all the bucks, kill all the does. I'm like, but wait, how do the bucks get here then? <laughs> Does the egg come before the chicken? I don't. What's happening? <laughs> and truthfully, man, I'll be honest with you. I see it both ways. You know, I see. I see people online and stuff, and, and to me, this is what makes service size so good. I mean, people shame those that shoot little deer, and then there's people that shame those that wait for big deer. I mean, do what makes you happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, do what makes you happy. As long as it's ethical and legal, do what makes you happy. And you're right, man. If you don't like it, and you don't like what somebody else is doing, go to your state representative yep. you know and you know Make what legislative exactly exactly you know what and i am not if if you don't like it that's that's the best advice i can ever give someone it's like you know what man you don't like spikes being killed in west virginia i think you should fight on your legislative do something about yeah. it don't just bat, it's you know what it is man and i and maybe i'm wrong it's just my opinion uh i think people are just um it's easier to get on a keyboard and bash someone than it is to fight for your rights, you know? Absolutely, man. I mean, it's just way it's easier. It's not hard to make a phone call. I guarantee you they'll, they'll pick up and talk to you. You're oh, the one's voting for them. Public man, record, bro. Got- you can send emails, and I tell you what, when you send someone an email every day and you automate it and you have it typed up, I guarantee you're going to get some type <laughs> of response back. I've done it. I, so. I, I've called representatives before. I, I've um and it was complete it's about chiropractic and not about hunting but uh when i got shut down for because of covid and we were the only state uh that got shut down uh, i called my representatives i'm like okay i called them up and i'm like hey man i like i'd like to talk to somebody about this and the guys like bring it on what you what do you want to talk about you know and he's like, I will pass that on to him. I will talk to him about, you know, how they need to change this. You and know? you know what, man? And, Nothing uh, might not happen. It might, maybe something will happen. Maybe it won't. But if you don't try, like, I don't. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You have so, to try, man. And you, you have to be willing to, uh, it, it's really corny to say, but, you, you know, I when I worked at my last company, the guy, the owner had wrote a book, um, and it was saying you, you have to be willing to fail. Like, you can't be scared because you're going to fail. You might fail. There's probably pretty, you know, statistically, you probably have a pretty good chance of failing, to be honest with you, if we were to pull numbers. But you also have a chance to succeed. There's still a percentage that you might succeed. So if you're just doing it because you're like, oh, I'm going to do this because I have a high chance of succeeding. Well, then like there's, I mean, that's just odds there's, at that point. There's nothing wrong with that's And to me, the only failure and failing is not letting it make you better. You know? Oh, for uh, sure, man. Failing and falling and succeeding to that, uh, that is true failure. You know, failing and making yourself better. Like, 
like this year, I've shot my bow more this year than I have the last three years because I know I screwed up on that hunt because of myself. I need to make myself better, you know? Um, but everyone to their experience level is different. So like when I, when I do see things like that, which is crazy, crazy rabbit hole, but it needs to be, be said when I see things like that, I'm like, so wait a minute, we should compare your, like, we'll take me, we'll, we'll do real life experiences. If we we should take me that I've been hunting in the swamp now for eight, eight or nine years going on, we should take my experience level and I should compare it to someone that it's their first season out. You cannot do that. You can't, no. you can't, you just can't. And you can tell someone all day, well, you know, I, I see it on Facebook. Well, you shouldn't have shot that. You should have gave it. Well, they don't know. They just started. They have no clue. Or maybe they just don't understand. Or maybe, you know, I seen it um, one time with uh, bass. So there was this picture someone put, you know, Florida has a lot of, um, you know, fishing, fishing Facebook pages. And you can keep bass down here that are under 14 inches. Or I'm sorry, it's. It's under 14. It's like in between like 14 and 17 you can't keep them. It's something like that. I can't remember what it is. Um, but you can keep the smaller ones and you can keep the bigger ones. So I've seen people literally have like a whole tailgate full of bass. And I'll watch someone, I mean, just cut them in half, bro. Just straight up like, oh, that's why there's no good bat, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, oh, it's a private pond and they were draining it. And um, the guy told us to catch as many as we want because they're draining the pond. I'm like, you have no clue. You have no clue <laughs> what is going on. You're only seeing what's in front of you. And there's so much more to it. I got a guy, I told you my girlfriend uh, works for a developing company, and they actually drain swamps and things like that. He's like, dude, it'd make you sick seeing 15, 20 pound bass laying there dying. And they try to take them and put them in other ponds, but the developer don't care about that, dude. He don't care about saving a, a bass's life. He cares about developing his property. They don't have fish tanks on demand that they have aerators and they can transport. They, they don't have that. They don't do that. And he's like, dude, it'd make you sick seeing us you know drain these bodies of water and then the fish are dying he's like and we try some of us try but you're only one person so you only do so much and i'm like you don't you know when someone's sitting there and like i seen one guy he was holding up this big bass and it was a dried pond and someone's like oh i hope you put it back and 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 all that stuff and he's like, I hope you put it back and all that stuff. And the guy's like, oh, actually, the pond's dried up and, the, you know, there is nowhere to put it, you know. Like, you don't know the perspective of what's going on. So you definitely shouldn't be cutting someone in half. Oh, sorry. I agree with you 100%, man. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, or that guy, first time out there hunting and shot, a, shot his first deer. And you know what I mean? Like might be feeding his family you know what i yeah. mean with that you know for sure man you, no clue and, and two man that's not how people sh you know especially hunters you know and, and that's one great thing too i love about service side is you know we have all types of hunters from dog hunters to coon hunters to squirrel hunters to mature bucks to people that just feel the free it's all types of hunters um we have some guys that don't even or some people on the team that don't even hunt big game they just hunt small game but the thing about it is like you have to come together for the tradition for the culture for hunting it you can't you can't treat and talk to other people that way now if someone's doing something illegal and i think is super unethical then i 99 of the time i'm gonna speak up but i make sure that i have all the facts too 
Like, yeah, absolutely. you know, someone's dragging a shark behind their boat. You know, something <laughs> where you legitimately know, like, hey, you're not, not supposed really cool. to be. That's not cool, man. You know, that's not cool for the animal. <laughs> or for one, the image of fishing, you know, that's just a, yeah. an example. But, you know, it, it makes it because what happens when someone sees that? They immediately say, oh, my gosh, I hate fishermen. I hate shark fishermen. Like, I can't stand them. Dude, it got so bad down here in Florida that they actually, um, you have to have a little class thing and a shoreline fishing license now to shark fish because, dude, I tell you what it was. It was just the bad publicity that was going on. Like, people were doing dumb stuff and putting it on Facebook. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? You're dragging a shark and you have like a million views on it. You don't think someone's going to knock on your door? (laughs) Dude, people, I don't think people realize to like technology, like even right now with my computer on and us talking on the phone, there's a signal that says exactly where I'm at, like exactly what I'm doing. Like this is all... Everything is traceable. Everything you're not hidden if you think you are, because you got 200 Facebook friends. Like you know, <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But you know, I'm just glad. Uh, you know, I appreciate you jumping on, man. We'll 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 wrap it up. I know we went down some rabbit holes. We could probably talk for hours. We're gonna get you back on again soon. But um, you know, I I definitely love this topic, and um, I hopefully the listeners do too. Um, you know, I just don't hear it often. I, I don't hear enough people talk about, um, you know, the differences between, you know, real life and real life situation and, you know, being in a controlled environment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me and, uh, but, uh, we'll have to get together sometime, do some, do some hunting or fishing or something. Let me know if you ever come up to Ohio, man. Well, you know, I definitely will, man. We're going to link up. I know we had a really good time that, that one time we went fishing, uh, uh, me, you, and your wife, and, and I really enjoyed being around y'all, and I know we had had dinner together, and I'm definitely planning on getting up there again soon and, and doing something with y'all and, and getting you guys down here to to either chase some Osceolas or some hogs or something like that, but uh, we'll definitely for sure make it happen. And um, before I let you go, for the people that maybe have some questions, if you don't mind or, or want to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, probably just by Facebook. I mean, I'm on the service side group there. Um, obviously, uh, just message me and and if you message me and you got questions, you want to talk on the phone or whatever, I'll send you my cell phone. That's not a problem at all. Um, some people message me all the time about or about different things, especially with my dog and tracking or whatever else. And um, But just feel free to message me and wouldn't be a problem at all. And like I said, I'll gladly talk to anybody. So Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, did you want to leave us with anything? Are you all not good? Not really, man. The biggest thing I wanted to cover, honestly, was just the differences, man. Just where to shoot and how to shoot and just knowing your anatomy of that deer, man. There's so many pictures out there that you can see. And you know, I used to go I used to go online all the time and, and I'll go through a deer photo. I'm like, all right, I'm shooting here. All right, I'm shooting here. All right, I'm shooting here, you know? And, uh, but, uh, excuse me, um, you know, and, and I will say I do change change differently where you know i hunt shoot with a gun versus shoot with a bow but i won't go down that rabbit hole now but uh we'll do another episode on it. <laughs> sounds good buddy all right um, man well i appreciate you jumping on and uh y'all are listening to white tail theories podcast
Yeah. Thank you, man.